and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Emma Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholls. And tell the show, we've got another case study Sunday, and this is going to be some of the investors that Andrew's been working with since he's back on the tools. Now, yeah. Andrew, walk us through who are these investors and what are some of the things they wanted to achieve? Okay, so I thought this was a quite an interesting one because there's a few complexities to it. So this is a couple that I met about 14 months ago. So I just recently did their annual review with us because they've finished their properties and now they want to see how that's affected their plan. So the good chance to see what goals have changed and what in their life has changed. So I've gone back to my previous notes and had a wee look at it. So basically, the couple's name is Steph and Bailey. So Steph is 47 years old, Bailey's 10 years younger. So again, a couple where there's a reasonable age gap. So we need to think about the fact that, well, they're going to be retiring at different ages or different times. Now, in this case, these two ladies wanted to retire at the same time and their big driver is they want to be able to go and travel. Steph has got a son to a previous relationship and so he's just turned 18. One of their other big drivers is being able to help out the son because the son's father isn't around anymore and so they want to be able to get him on the property ladder as well which we're going to come back to. Now, when they came in to see me, they both had reasonable KiwiSavers. So Steph's KiwiSavers at 113000 Not good, KiwiSaver. Yeah, and, and Bailey's is at fifty two. So they hadn't used it for buying their first house or anything like that. And what were their goals that they actually wanted to achieve other than helping out the wee son? So son helping the son get onto the property ladder. They want to get their mortgage paid off. That's a big driver for them. And their property is worth about a million bucks in Hamilton and they've paid off most of it. There's only about 200K left on that. So Steph previously had a house through a divorce. She ended up with some money, put most of that into this house. So their mortgage is relatively low and they're trying to pay that down as aggressively as possible. One of the big things with their plan is they want to be able to not contribute too much to the rental properties, although they know they need to contribute something because otherwise they're never going to get ahead. They'll just have a house that's paid off and that's useless for them when it comes to travel. But they want to make sure that they can still maintain having this paid off by the time this plan kicks in. Now, at the moment, their incomes are Bailey's a nurse, earns 70000 a year, and Steph's in HR, earns $137,000 a year. So Got idea to get it to HR, good, great income. Good household income. They want to have a passive income of $150,000 a year, today's money, from originally they said by the time Steph turns 65. So now that's 17 years away. Okay. What I've done is I've updated all the numbers in the My Wealth Plan based on today. Now, they were on track. Now, just before we get into that, what did they want to do with their 150k passive income. They want to be able to go and like travel six months of the year over in Greece and places like that, warmer places than New Zealand, which this week you can understand why. God, they'll have a great Instagram following if they're oh, travelling for six months of the year, taking photos. I think I already Mykonos. follow one of them on Instagram already. They're always somewhere. Where are they now? Everyone's always somewhere, Edward. <laughs> <laughs> now... Before we did anything, they were on track for a third of their goal. So 49000 of that $150,000 a year goal. Didn't now, that include superannuation? I'm about to tell you, Edward, <laughs> it wasn't including superannuation. That was including an inheritance. So Bailey's mother has got quite a few rental properties herself, and she's got another sibling, but she's expecting no less than $750,000. Oh, great inheritance. Really good inheritance. From who? From her mother. Oh, from her mother. Great. That's why I just said, Edward. Yeah, and we expect her to pass along in the next 17 years. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird way of putting it, but yeah. 
So anyway, they were on track with that to get to, again, a third of their goals, which is nowhere near what they wanted to be. How yes. did they know that it was the 750k inheritance? Uh, because they're on the trust, and nowadays with trust, you have to disclose to the beneficiaries what the value of the trust is. Yeah, okay, very yeah. fascinating. Now, one thing that we'll just say about inheritances is when you are creating your wealth plan, it's really important to only include an inheritance like this if you are pretty certain that you are going to get it. Exactly. Now, I'm going to come back to that though. So just give me give me a second, Edward. I've got the talkie stick. So anyway, what we did at the start, so so back about 14 months ago, we said, okay, well, you're in Hamilton. They were actually about to buy a property in Hamilton. This is how they got referred to me. Hey, look, we've got this property in Hamilton. Do you think it's a good investment or not? Now, it was an existing property with no interest deductibility. So we ran the numbers. The contributions were going to work out to be about $400 a week. Now, they were doing the typical thing, buying a house nearby to them. So it wasn't in the exact same suburb, but it was like the suburb over, pretty affluent area. The yield was just okay, and there was no deductibility. So 400 bucks a week on the interest rates back then. So that was when back interest rates were cheaper. And were they going to renovate it? Were they going to cash no. flow hack? No, they're just going to put some tenants in there. In fact, I think they were going to rent to one of Bailey's friends at work, another nurse. Right, not a good not idea. Good. Anyway, I said, look, terrible idea, but great concept overall. We should be investing in property. So I said, look, why don't we look outside of Hamilton since you've already got you know a million dollars invested, even though it's your own house there. And so what we did is we looked at an Auckland property. They signed up for a three-bedroom townhouse for $750,000. Pretty good deal back then. And a Christchurch townhouse, two-bedroom, for $550,000. Now- Those were the days. I know. Now, in the last 12 months, those properties have both completed. They've both been rented out. We'd allowed a $200 a week contribution, so using half of what they were already happy to commit to, to fund those two rental properties because they weren't putting in any deposit. They were using usable equity. And where we got to is now those properties, the Auckland one's worth 900 on a bad day. So they've got $150,000 worth of equity in that one. And the Christchurch one's worth 650. So they've got $100,000 equity in that. So they made $250,000 tax-free because they're not selling the properties in that 12 months just by putting down the deposits. So they are wrapped. Both of them rented within two weeks of settlement. So they're delighted. They came back and said, right, how are we on track now? With those two properties and the other stuff that they already had, again, not factoring in super because Steph would get super if it's still there. Bailey's not going to qualify for super for another 10 years at least. That works out to be $120,000 of that 150k goal. Now, while that's really good, what's important to point out is this concept of the wealth gap. Now, I just want to dig into this for any new listeners of the show who don't remember 500-odd episodes back. So most Kiwis, when you run their numbers like these situations, like we do on Case Study Sunday, most people have a wealth gap. Now, what does that mean? Well, if you look at what your ambitions are, what sort of passive income you want to retire on, or what sort of retirement income you want to have... There's often a gap between what you're currently doing, between your KiwiSaver, you know, maybe some super in there, maybe you've got some shares or an investment property or two. Even with all of that and where we forecast you'll be in terms of the assets you'll have by the time you hit retirement or by the time you want that passive income, there's usually still what we call that wealth gap. You're not going to be hitting that goal you've got in your head unless you buy some more assets and do something. Well, the biggest thing for these guys is certainly because Steph's big on 
on helping out her son. She wants to be able to do that, but she also wants to be able to enjoy her life. So in her job, I remember her saying to me in the early days that it's quite a taxing job on her in terms of the family life. And she wants to make sure that she's got enough money when she does turn 65 that she can take her son away, two of them can go away with the son and, and actually enjoy life. Because Probably son will have kids at that stage as well. To be honest, if I was going on holiday for six months a year, I mean, I don't have kids, but I wouldn't want to be bringing them along with me. Well, remember, he'll be be closer to 35 at that stage and probably got grandkids at that stage. They'll probably have grandkids. Oh, that's lovely. Anyway, (laughs) you're you're such a monster. Anyway, so we sat down, reviewed their plan. They're really excited with how they've gone so far. The best part is, even though interest rates have gone up over the last – year, so have rents. So what they've got now is those properties both, wait for it, pay for themselves. So they're not actually contributing per week at all. So they've gone from being happy to contribute $400 a week to now we only have to have 200 Now they're cash flow neutral. So guess what they said? Even at current interest rates. Yeah. Do you know what they said? What did they say? Let's buy another one. Yeah. So what we did is we did a plan. Again, they really like the idea of something in Hamilton. So, But the trouble with Hamilton is the rents often haven't caught up to I the know, purchase prices. I know, but look, we can always change the area, but it's their decision, it's their money uh, that I'm spending. So what I did is I did a model based on a $700,000 Hamilton property. What did you get for that in Hamilton today? Yeah, it's going to be like a two-bedroom apartment. Yeah. Yep. So we did some probably 18 months ago that were, you know, I think about 500 now. Then now they're about 700,000. There's going to be a new release coming out of those. So 700,000, two-bedroom, two-bathroom apartment. The rent's pretty reasonable, and it's going to put that in there, buying that now. Based on that, they get to 96% of their goal. So they're going to be there. Then what I said to them is, I'm a little concerned about this inheritance money. What if it doesn't come through? What if your mum lives to 150 and you're waiting patiently for her to die so you can implement your wealth plan? Well, that was what my question was really about when I said, do we expect her to pop off in 17 years? Just in case anybody thinks I'm a terrible person. You are a terrible person, but that's not why. So (laughs) what I said is, hey, look, Auckland's been really good to us as well. Why don't we look at another one in Auckland? Now, Putting in another property in Auckland, and I've said a million dollars just for lack of a better number for now. million dollars in Auckland and a Hamilton one at 700000 no cash invested in either of those. That takes them to 129% of their goal. So they're way over what they need to be. So now we'll go back and we eliminate the inheritance. There's still 114% of their goal. So here's the cool part. We went back and said, hey, what about if we don't do this in 17 years? What if we do this in 15 years now? Fast forward, and now we're bang on 100% of their goal. So by adding on two more properties, and look, interest rates have gone up and we've got rents where they are today. Working on that, it works out to be a $300 a week contribution for those two properties, 200 for the Auckland property, 100 for the Hamilton property. So we're still less than what the $400 a week budget was. We're still well within that. They can still focus on paying off their mortgage. And in 15 years rather than 17 years, they can live off their portfolio. And this is the golden goose strategy where the money is coming in forever. And I think it's really important with all of this number crunching to remember that you always do this based off a whole heap of different assumptions about what's going to grow in value at this rate and that rate. Now, what the actual growth rates are going to be, 
we're yet to figure that out. They could be higher, they could be lower. But the good thing about planning it out in this way is, A, you've actually got a basis for seeing how might you be able to achieve your goals. But you've also been able to build in a lot of fat into this. That's, well, that's the other thing. If they get the inheritance, if they get some superannuation, they're going to be way beyond where they need to be. But their biggest thing is we don't want to get to when Steph turns 65 and not be stopping work, enjoying the hell out of life. And I think that's what they're likely to be able to do. If all of that extra stuff comes in, they're going to be way above what they'd want to achieve. And even you know, here you've said, okay, we've cut it back to 100%, but that's assuming you're retiring two years earlier. Now, let's come back to the son, because I haven't covered that either. So, Seth's son, again, they want to help him on the property ladder. They actually involved him in the last meeting. So, he sat through the wealth plan. Hey, this is what we've actually done, so he can learn the concept of leverage. And then now what he's learning is, because he's going to go to university for the next few years, so he's not in a position to start investing himself. Yeah, no but he's, he's got in his mind that he's going to be a rent vester, like you and I yeah. So going to rent a property and buy rental properties. Now, he's going to be involved in everything for these next two purchases. So they're going to take him along to the lawyers, take him along to the accountants, so he's familiar with the process. When he gets to a stage when he leaves university and gets a job, they are not going to give him cash because the cash is for mum and mum. We're going to spend the cash. But what we're going to do is we're going to guarantee your deposit. So you have to service the loan. So whatever the contribution is then, it might be 100 bucks a week for a rental property he buys, but they're going to help him borrow 100% by going on the application for the deposit. And I think that's awesome because now they've taught him the skills that mum and mum have used to be able to get ourselves into a position where we can enjoy life. What a beautiful thing. Right, we're going to wrap it up there, but if you want the exact same service that Steph and Bailey got, then you might like to come in and get a wealth plan done. Real easy way to get yourself sorted. Just send us a wee text, whip out your phone, text the word PLAN to 5522 and we'll give you a buzz, see if it's the right fit for you. And of course, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the property market. Until next time, 